Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. We were talking about Bewildered on this episode, yes. and I forgot to mention something when we were recording. Have you seen, so while we're recording this, the Democratic National Convention is going on. I don't know if you've watched any of the stream stuff that they've done at all. I haven't seen any of the live stuff. I've seen I've seen okay, videos like of yesterday, but not yeah. You saw like, live, yeah. Uh, uh, Michelle Obama doing her speech was just like amazing. She did an amazing job with that and stuff. But you see, like the DNC's list of speakers, all people from both sides of the aisle that like I want to see Joe Biden become president. And what do you think about Joe Biden, or what you don't think about Joe Biden? That's not the topic we're going to con- talk about. We're going to talk about booking. Uh, while we open up this okay. episode, because sure. I was bewildered, bewildered audience and Dan, do you know who they've booked for the RNC for speakers? No, is it like Scott Bayo and all them again? Scott Bayo is back, from what I understand. Okay, uh, that might be wrong. You fact check me on that, but I did read an article today that the three main people that they're reporting on is like, listen, they're going to make appearances are. That Catholic school kid that was really smug in front of that indigenous American man. Can't believe he's still around. Yeah, I get he's it. He's still around and he's going to speak at the RNC. And the St. Louis couple, though, waved their guts in front of people during the protests. Wow. They're their big gets. <laughs> wow. Those guys are just going to be there anyway. <laughs> they're just, it's just them. I think they're just pulling people that are still waiting outside in tents. <laughs> wow. Good for them. I can at least say that it seems like the DNC for their production. We're not talking politics. We're talking production and booking on this podcast. (laughs) They seem to be like, yeah, we're all going to do it pre-recorded. They're all my friends. They're all people that want to support me. Like, I don't even think I needed to like go and hunt for any of them. They all turned up at the door and were like, we're here to support you, Joe. I was talking uh, to my grandmother today and she was like, I, it's just amazing how they're able to get everything looking so good right now. And I was like, I don't even know how they do it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's the thing. It's like when you see newscasters on the news now calling in from home or stuff like they'll have like a nice set of books in the background or, or like nice staging every once in a while. Sometimes they look like shit. Sometimes oh you're just God. like, they, I love when they have those books. Cause it's like, you thought for a long time about what that book was going to be. <laughs> oh no, that book, that book matches a color scheme that they needed to fulfill. That's all. Like <laughs> at least with Seth Meyers, he's been like fucking with people with his backgrounds. Oh really? I haven't watched him at all. So he had a whole thing with like this book, the thorn birds where it just kept on changing position around the room one week. And then <laughs> there was like different versions of the book where instead of like the thorn birds, it was like, the born thirds oh, that's uh, and like they just kept on changing the dust jacket and now there's like a whole uh cast of characters that sit behind him on a desk with a haunted sea captain painting and a <laughs> jewish duck okay like that, I, I can get behind all that stuff yeah i, I, so I love a gimmick yeah it's all funny gimmick shit but like sometimes you see people it's like you're very clearly staged for tv like you brought the decorator in to set shit up speaking of not staged for tv we did a podcast we did oh i had a better setup wait can i just pretend we can pretend mine was also natural yeah go for it it was like everything just seemed so 
uh, staged and 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 non non authentic. But you know who was authentic? Our guest this week. <laughs> oh, that's a better one. I should have let you have it. We're gonna we're gonna keep them both in. We're gonna absolutely keep them both in. Our, our guest it's this funnier. week. That oh, yeah, yeah. Our, our guest this week was Graham Clark. Who? What a great guy. Is he's fantastic. He's great. Me and me and Casey were sitting down after we uh, had our conversation with him. Uh, we sat down. And we're like watching videos of him. Uh, yeah, his his stand up. I I love it. His his phone book bit is good because it's just it seems like such a simple premise and he knocks it out of the park. Oh Have yeah, you seen that one? Yeah, where he reads the phone book. Yeah, that was a whole like fringe show that he did. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that he, he's. He's very, very like creative in his thinking, and it it comes out so like palatable for so many people. And to be able to do both at the same time with with comedy is something that I I wish I could do. Yeah, I think that's the insane part too. Is that like he has that great brain for comedy, and then a lot of the podcast, I feel like we just talked about ourselves and like he was genuinely interested in what our lives were like yeah like, i think that's where it comes from is having genuine interest in the world around you and i'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> we're americans we don't have time for that this is also our first our first interview from across the pond <laughs> yeah, canada's but, not that far what are you talking about like the great lakes or what, the great there's some water between us i guess <laughs> We we do talk about not knowing each other's geography in this, but I didn't realize how far away you were. <laughs> yeah, no, we're very far. We're very far from there. I didn't oh, want no, to bring I just up meant the... The, you from understanding it. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyway, this intro has gone on long enough. How dare you? Our guest today <laughs> is Graham Clark. You can check out his podcast every week. It's Stop Podcasting Yourself. It's one of my absolute favorite podcasts. I do feel like uh, uh, that is a slight on us for so, like that is a slight on everyone that made a podcast during quarantine. <laughs> well, well, luckily we started just before. Just before we're running under the wire. But also, they they've been doing their podcast for years and years and years and years and years. You can find his Instagram where you can we we talk about his beard paintings. You can check those out on his oh, Instagram. Those are amazing. Graham Clark was taken. Without further ado, here's Graham Clark. We're talking about bewildered. Graham Clark, pot on. Graham, how are you? Uh, you know, uh, ups and downs, strikes <laughs> yeah. and gutters, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that feels like the, the only possible answer we get anymore. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, we, we started this before and we used to get all these creative things of all the things people are out doing in the world. And now it's just like, I'm doing my best. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of like defeated, like maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I don't know what, uh, what else anybody else would be feeling unless you lived in like Norway or something like that, somewhere where they've yeah. done a really good job yeah. of containing somewhere they figured you know? it out. Yeah. 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 My friends from Sweden, they're like, I don't understand. Why, why y'all so mad all the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any country I think seems mad to Sweden because Sweden is very, I think they're like sweet and cold people. Yes, very yeah. much so. Uh, my, my, my parents met this couple from Sweden that are my age. So it's very strange. They're just like they're other like Scandinavian kids. Right. Um, and so when they came to America to visit for Thanksgiving, uh, they were trying to show them what like a traditional American Thanksgiving was. 
And uh, at one point they were like, so what part of Swedish culture do you have? Because we have so much American culture. What's Swedish culture? You're like, you don't want to know about Swedish chef because that's <laughs> yeah. all we have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we have horrible caricatures. That's yeah, and then, and then we showed them Swedish chef and they were like, well, all Americans are fat. So <laughs> like, they're genuinely upset. That's when you're supposed mm. to turn it and be like, we wouldn't be fat if it weren't for Swedish chef. chef. Exactly. <laughs> the, uh, but there's their Ikea, right? Sweden, yeah. Sweden's Ikea and ABBA. That's yeah. I mean, the, the two things. These are, I would two, know. these are two things that we both uh, deal with on a daily basis because Dan loves ABBA and I work for Ikea. Yeah. Really? Yes. George actually just made it in time for this recording coming from Ikea. <laughs> yeah. What is it like to work in an Ikea? Because I, I never have. So honestly, it is uh, fine. Like it's it. I think people like paint it up to be like, oh, wow, it's so great and stuff. And after like two weeks of meatballs, you're done. Yeah. You're like, yeah, cool, yeah, this yeah. is a gig. Uh, now, so much less fun. Because <laughs> it's yeah. just yeah, people coming in with masks on their chins, and and people coming in going, uh, "How come you don't have this?" And it's like, "Oh, because we're out, of, we're out of it. We don't, yeah. we don't have it currently." And they're like, "Well, can I have that one?" No, because it's covered in disease, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want yeah. the display piece. Yeah. yeah, like I was, I was, I, I was gonna maybe talk about this already. I was leaving work today. I was having a pretty good day, pretty decent day. I try to be very nice to people because they're very frustrated throughout the whole store. And I was very good. I was like, cool. Didn't have to yell at anybody today. And I'm walking through and I'm clocking out on my phone because we have a little app now that we can clock out on. Right. So I'm walking to my car and I'm focusing on my phone. Some guy behind me goes, it's called excuse me. Whoa. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm just looking at my phone. You have a great day. Like I still kept nice. And I was like, everyone was just wants to pick a fight. Yeah. And it's yeah. Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> but don't I, like, I've always heard that uh, couples are usually on edge when they're yes. in Ikea. Couples are. So yeah. for, forgive my my potential blindness here. Is it is it Canadian? Is Ikea in Canada? It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, because that's another fun thing that we get is every once in a while, someone will come in with kid, like Ikea.ca and not Ikea.us and they have oh. slightly different products than us. It's usually right. the same, but there's one or two that hangs on up there. A different umlaut and a different letter. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they and they show us and be like, where is this? And I was like, man, you're in Canada. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Maybe Montreal. Just drive straight up. You'll you'll get there. <laughs> you'll get there. <laughs> is that the closest Canada to you guys? Is Montreal? Yes. And I think, yeah, it's that's the one that I've looked at driving wise, I think is the straight straight shot. Montreal and Toronto are kind of the same distance i think it's just different yeah. roads you take both really nice cities like if you're if you're looking for any place to land in canada you could do a lot worse than toronto montreal yeah they were both supposed to be part of my summer vacations here that i was supposed to take and i've no. taken none of them <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> um you guys are both in philadelphia right yeah yeah technically yeah i i'm based in philadelphia like i work in philadelphia what, what is this the state of things there it is a uh, experiencing incredibly high rates of crime and gun violence. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. The people are, are typically uh, afraid to go outside, which is definitely an exaggeration. It's not as bad as it seems. Oh, mm -hmm. we lost George. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of what it is. But I mean, it's not a lot worse than it's ever been. It just right. seems to be people are paying attention to it now because all the defund police people are like, well, this is what happens. And it's like, no, it's not what happens because you haven't actually done that yet. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like a really easy scapegoat, right? Yeah, you can't blame the theory if you haven't actually tried the theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, that's that. Uh, I'm surprised how far and wide that idea was spread because it's it's up here in Canada as well, and uh, it's just like it's a good notion. I think it's like, but it's just surprised that it caught on so fast. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it has the the ring to it. Like, it's very it's an easy sell to be like, oh yeah, put more money in places where it's not right now. Because like I was a I was a teacher in Philly for a long time. And oh wow, it's not great. It's not set up for the kids or the teachers to succeed. And then you see how much money is going more and more to the police. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe you should give some money to education and that might help yeah. the problem. Yeah, exactly. And like maybe hospitals and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Hey, welcome back, George. Ikea heard me talking and corporate shut me down. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's what that app does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they yeah, we- say it's time clock, but it's actually Skynet. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about the the rising rates of crime in Philadelphia that aren't really as bad as people are saying. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything because I live, I work in Philadelphia, but during quarantine, I moved in with my girlfriend in North Jersey. Um, oh, okay. So I'm closer to New York City at this point, but in the right. nice suburbs of, of Jersey. So like our governor in New Jersey is uh, doing very well with kind of keeping everyone updated and saying like what certain things are happening there's a couple big parties that happen every once in a while and then they're immediately like publicized and like shamed for it and they like put them away and they go no 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 you don't do anything there so they seem to be handling it pretty well in this area it seems as soon as you dip just a farther a little bit outside of philly things get a little bit worse oh yeah yeah Right. Uh, Philly is like a hub. And if you go a little bit west or a little bit north or a little bit south, like not really that far, it turns very rural. And people oh, just, really? I, they yeah. just lean on that boredom real, real hard. And it hasn't paid off very well. So, like, is I forgive me, my geography is terrible. Uh, how far from Jersey is Philadelphia? What do you, how far it's do an you hour have to, go to work? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Where, where I am in Philly, to get to the actual, just past the state line in Jersey, it's probably 15 minutes. Okay. So most of the drive is on the, the Jersey side and then boom, you're in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm at the very last exit in Philadelphia and then it's Jersey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like right there. Is there only one Ikea in Philadelphia? Weirdly enough, there's two. <laughs> well, technically there's one, <laughs> there's one in Philadelphia and then there's one in that like rural suburbs area right. in a town with one of the funniest names in the world, uh, Conchahawken. Conchahawk, and I like that. Uh, yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. Uh, and all of IKEA United States answers to that store. <laughs> is that true? Really? Yeah. Conchahawk is one? the US hub. Yep. Wow. That's like um where I love is that Cooper? store though. Cupertino <laughs> is where all the Mac stuff is made. Yeah. And I'd never yeah. heard of that yeah. before Mac came around. I think what it is is that like certain companies, Cooper, uh, Apple or IKEA, they find real cheap land to build their headquarters on or like there's some sort of taxation loophole in that area um because so far every time i've like found a larger company nothing's ever based in new york city they're based like my roommate here works for mlb network um okay which is their main uh recording hub and filming hub is in a town called Secaucus, which is just That's over also the bridge. A good name. Also a good yeah, name. Yeah. Uh Secaucus is just, just over the bridge from New York City. So they find oh, okay. like cheap swampland to build on. So they go, no, no, we're based here. 
but yeah. it all passes through a major city. So it seems like there's more stuff to it. Right. Now, was it Disneyland yeah. or Disney World that was built on a swamp? Was it Disney World? Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. Disney World is. Disney World That's is incredible. A swamp. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is legitimate. Like they, they let an island go and it just got taken over by a swamp within like 10 years. Really? Like they, yep. they, they had like a little Disney Island and it just wasn't succeeding the way they had hoped and they just abandoned it. And now it is like some of the coolest pictures I've ever seen, but just like urban decay and it's right. a swamp land again. No. Wow. Same no, thing with um, no, there's no. a theme park down uh, I was here. Transition. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, keep going. Keep I going. I was gonna say there was there, there's a theme park. See, I don't know if they're in Canada, but there's called Six Flags. I think there's one in Ontario. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. There's a series of them uh, around the United States, and one and of them was in New you Orleans. Find it, it's the worst theme park. <laughs> yes, it is. It's terrible. <laughs> the one the one that's in New Jersey has a drive-through safari, and when my mother was pregnant with me, a monkey jumped in the car and bit her. Like it is <laughs> wow. a gnarly, <laughs> gnarly place. And that's but, how you ended up with the powers of an ape. Yes, exactly. I yeah. flip things. I, I walk around on my yeah. knuckles. It's very good. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you just got the bug eating part of it. but <laughs> <laughs> I find parasites. It's great. I've never yeah. been hungry. <laughs> you go on a w- tire swing whenever one's around. You know, I have one in my yard. <laughs> I throw my feces. No, it's too easy. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a Six Flags in New Orleans that was called Six Flags uh, Jazzland. Nice. And uh, after nice. Katrina hit, they just left it there. Oh, and yeah, that one is genuinely yeah. a swamp. Like nature just took it back completely. Wow. Like, like you'll the whole see park? Whole park. Wow. The yeah, whole park they, is they, just they couldn't covered. They could get back in to take it back. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a theme park covered in Spanish moss and, and crocodiles everywhere. Uh, I feel <laughs> like America has a lot of that. A lot of like reclaimed by nature malls or theme mm-hmm. parks or little you know little towns and all that kind of stuff it's fascinating i love yeah, looking at pictures of them there's yeah, one in pennsylvania middle of pennsylvania uh because pennsylvania surprisingly like a bigger state for the east coast states right um but there's a town called centralia oh my god it's so frightening yeah, oh, it's, yeah? It's, a, it's an abandoned town because the townspeople in the 60s or 50s decided to fill a my abandoned mine with garbage and uh, uh, like toxic waste. This and then someone was like, oh, it's full now. We'll just light it on fire. And it ignited methane gas. So the whole city is on fire underground yeah the, i've heard about this yeah, yeah. The, the mining had released the gas and when they started the fire they didn't realize that it was already filling the air so they just couldn't use the town anymore so it's like and like there's still smoke coming up like even oh, to yeah. this day yeah, yeah. and like wow. there, there are towns just like a couple miles away that you couldn't even tell they were right next to hell like right just like small like 50s looking small town mentality like one one room schoolhouse kind of stuff is all out there. yeah wow one yeah. could say it's bewildering. I did it. Don't worry, Dan. We got uh, you. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, Graham, if, if not Centralia and its hell holes that just keep continuously opening, what's something that bewilders you? Um, uh, not to get, like, sanctimonious or too serious, sure. but I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the what was the thing that bewilders me authentically. And the one thing that I, I thought about was I'm a, a vegetarian. and 
it's it bewilders me that everybody that eats meat knows the same information I do about you know uh, mass producing farms and meat lots and all that kind of stuff. And I it bewilders me that as many people who eat meat do, and mm-hmm. they do so often. That to me is like just I can't figure out how how that <laughs> happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, as as someone who I mean, admittedly, only occasionally eats meat. It is 100% just laziness. Like, yeah, that right. Is, that is all it is. Like, I, I was a vegetarian <laughs> for a year, maybe like a year and a half. And then I went to Baltimore and could not find a single thing to eat. So, like, it just right. stopped. And I was like, all right, well, I could, I could have kept looking. Like, I wasn't starving. But yeah, it was just like, like I, I've, tr- I've tried three places. I, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah, I went to Prague uh many years ago like 10 years ago and it you can't order anything anywhere that does everything is sausages and meat like yeah. you can't even get a soup the soup has meat in it oh wow and that, yeah so that's very much like the cultural identity and i also don't mean like people who hunt and all that kind of stuff because that's very like sustainable kind of oh yeah uh, you're, you're finding an animal where the animal actually lives doing things how they've been done for years and years and years and years yeah yeah exactly like it's part of a lot of people's heritage you know uh especially uh first nation people and uh the like that's been a part of their culture for like a thousand years so it's not that but it is like feedlots and you Mm -hmm. know mass-produced mcdonald i just like because you know how people don't want you to buy puppies from puppy mills right that's like the big thing that people are behind which i think is great but you know that's the same level of knowledge that people have about where meat comes from like they know it's bad but then they don't change they don't they don't do it so it's weird Mm -hmm. to me that there's like you know people who care about dogs and cats very much and then other animals are in some other subcategory i guess maybe because they have names like beef and pork people like disassociate the connection yeah 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 so i think something like that leaves me pretty bewildered and i don't yeah, I don't think like anybody's bad or anything like that. It just surprises me that we know so much about something and we we as a society haven't figured out how to change that. Yeah. Do you um, know what I mean? It's it's definitely something that with the increase of availability of like vegetarian and vegan and all that, those options in basically every store. Right. For usually about the same price. So like all of the, the normal factors that were contributing before aren't really factors anymore. Right. It's like now it's just habit. It's just bad habit. It's just a habit. And like the up here in Canada, they, you know, we have all the veggie burgers and beyond meat and all that kind of stuff. But some company up here is making like a half vegetarian, half meat thing. And I, that, what pleases, that pleases no, no party. <laughs> nobody enjoys that product in the slightest. So yeah. Uh, I have friends who like, they get upset at, at imitation products for calling themselves meat. And right. That, that to me is like the strangest reason to not eat it. It's like, it, yeah, it might not taste what it's saying it's going to taste like, but it doesn't mean it automatically tastes bad. Yeah, and and you, I think like um, uh, a lot of people get hung up on how much, you know, they're worried about getting protein, 
Like, and uh, oh yeah, you don't you don't need very much protein. To turn that was everyone's <laughs> first question. That was my issue, not my issue, but I was vegetarian for five years. Oh, get um, out! Yeah, uh, but I was terrible at it because I started in high school, uh, and I was living by myself because my parents had like moved. But I was it was like my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, so I was like, Oh, let me stay with an aunt and uncle and stuff. And I'll live on my own. I had my own allowance. So it was a lot of buying what I could get. So what I could get was a bag of potatoes and some oil. And so I could fry up like this, like potato, I guess it was like a fry, but a thick, uh, thick, like potato chip. And I put like chicken seasoning over it and I'd eat that five out of seven days of the week. Ah, So I'm just eating it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was like fried grossness. Um, and so I would eat that. I would eat. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, pizza's vegetarian. So I just eat like cheese yeah. pizza all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the worst vegetarian. And both my doctor was like, if you're vegetarian, you're going to have to eat like a peanut once in a while. Like that'll that'll be beneficial to you. Yeah. And then all my friends bullied me out of it. So I was just like, fucking fine. And I think that's another <laughs> portion of it, too, is like there is a culture that rages against the vegetarianism. Because I feel like yeah. a lot of people in the culture would think like, oh, it's kind of crunchy or it's kind of like, um, well, what are you doing? Like, it's just here. And it, what you're going to help the animals by not eating. They're already slaughtered. And it's all this like this this information that isn't beneficial it's just why are you so mad about it like some of the best chicken i've ever had is made by morningstar Uh, is that like an organic yeah it's it's no it's uh it's uh like a plant-based it's yeah it's a okay it's a very low quality like microwave meal version of vegetarian oh right yeah yeah that's i mean it is easy to be a bad well, I, was, like, I was very bad because I, I was early 20s. So like I was going to bars and all you could really eat if you were eating at a bar and you were vegetarian was like mozzarella sticks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I've sampled either mozzarella sticks or whatever happens to be the veggie burger at every pub in Western Canada. <laughs> yeah, there, I used to work at a Friday's or pretty, pretty much around the same time and they introduced a veggie burger. And when I tried it, it was literally just the Morningstar veggie burger. Oh, really? like, I, don't, I don't know how they were hiding the packaging, but it was exactly the same thing. They were selling yeah. it as if it was like a homemade made in the kitchen. We did it ourselves. And it was 100% not like it was so wow. easy to tell. Yeah, it's it's funny because up until recently with the Beyond stuff. Uh, it ne- those veggie burgers never tasted like a burger. It was just tasted oh, no. like, a, yeah. like a veggie burger. And uh, which I could see if somebody tried that, they could get turned off of being a vegetarian very quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the black bean burgers and that kind of stuff are a very specific taste. They are not a burger yes. taste. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> many many a night with a Boca burger and mustard is just, <laughs> it's a gnarly dinner for yeah, five years. For the longest time, <laughs> Boca was like the good one. And I was like, oh, it's, it's not. <laughs> I, there are still sometimes a like, catch a whiff of a boca burger and it's not a shudder it's just like a, oh yeah. oh memories memory. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think like everybody should try like you guys did try being a vegetarian just for a year like like uh, the amish do rum springer like mm-hmm. where you just do a year at when you're 18 or 19 you just do a year of being a vegetarian some people will work for some people it won't but just if that was if that was something that people could get behind like just try it I mean, yeah, it is way easier than I thought it was going to be. Like I, I set it out as like a challenge, and then like a weekend, I was like, "This is 
easy. Like it, it's so easy yeah. to find and maintain that lifestyle. Yeah. But you know, like I know that it's not for everyone, but if everybody gave it a try, yeah, then I think they would, there'd be more people that realize, Oh, it's not that. And hard. I think to your point, there is a level of like, if you try and at the end of the day, you don't like it, at least you said you try it isn't like a pushing of agenda right. of like, you know, the, the vegetarian agenda seems very funny to me, but like you <laughs> have the one you, issue. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but then you look at like, my girlfriend's a big festival person. She loves going to music festivals and stuff. And she okay. said that one of the worst performances she's ever seen was Morrissey mm-hmm. because oh, wow. Morrissey yeah. started, like I think started the set with meat is murder played the slaughterhouse footage behind the thing and all she she had to stay in the front row because she knew that after Morrissey was Paul McCartney and she, she just had to put up with that she had a front <laughs> row for Paul McCartney she was like there is a level of like hey like this is something easy to do you see it now especially with American fast food places kind of opening more of an option for vegetarian and vegan options like with the impossible burger being at Burger King now right now while you are still supporting burger king right it, it if you don't make it easy and accessible for people they're not going to be willing to try it and that's funny about morrissey because he was opening he was the act before paul mccartney paul mccartney's wife now uh passed away but mm. she uh has one of the biggest vegetarian brand of foods in all of the uk you yeah. can't go anywhere without them being on sale. So Lisa Simpson is a vegetarian because Paul McCartney did a voice for the for the Simpsons and said, oh, I won't yeah. do it unless Lisa's a vegetarian. And to this it. day, Lisa Simpson is a vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But like <laughs> Paul McCartney is not playing slaughterhouse footage behind no. him playing yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Morrissey's done a lot of damage to our cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's done a lot of damage to a lot of things. That's yeah. why I only yeah. listen to the Smiths and I'd be like, no, no, Johnny Mars in this band too. And we're okay yeah. with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. On the on the Burger King front, I, I've never really liked Whoppers. I I've they've just the taste has never been. It's a for lot me. of vegetables. And they they put yeah. out the impossible whopper and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go try this. I need to I need to see how how an impossible burger tastes. And it tasted exactly like a whopper, and I still hated it, but I was like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the same. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. hate it the same. And that's that could be the ringing endorsement. Yeah. It's like if you hated our burger <laughs> before, you'll hate it the same. Yeah, but exactly the same. They are so even. <laughs> yeah, I was as displeased with that meal as I was had it been regular meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a small win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a small win, but I was there's a guy that I like on YouTube. He's a tattoo artist from California. His name's Wayne Fredrickson. Um, he's a big vegan and he's just like I think it's kind of funny because he's explained it on one of his uh, episodes, but he has a big neck tattoo that used to be an anti-swastika tattoo. Oh boy. That but he was a like, risky yeah. Yeah. And then, But he's like an oi punk guy. So he's yeah. like into like, no, no, I've always known that like there's anti-fascism thing and that's like part of the thing is that thing of like the big X yeah. through yeah. the swastika. But people were like, so did you, were you racist? And then you got the thing through it. And it was like, that's not how tattoos work. <laughs> um, so instead it's now like a cute little pig off the side of his neck. And he has got like avocado on 
on the top of his hands and stuff. He's like a big vegan person, but he brought up uh, the thing where a lot of fast food, especially on the West coast on the East coast, they're, we're just catching up, but on the West coast, you're finding like Del Taco. That's doing like heavy vegetarian options. You can get like just, you know, cheese, or I think they even have like a rice cheese option now and avocado put on a taco, like a breakfast taco. Um, like there are different things and that's part of it. Like people are going to be more willing to have a meatless Mondays thing and like work towards maybe giving it a try if it's easily accessible. Cause 10 times out of 10, people are walking past the vegetarian aisle or the Indian yeah. food aisle that has barely any meat in it at all. Uh, and they're just kind of missing past it completely. I have people really like, and, uh, cause I do a whole bit about being a vegetarian on stage. People really get their back up about it. Like I can sense every time I start doing the joke that people, and I've been booed for it. Like people, they, <laughs> and you're in Canada too, though. Cause that's a big, I feel like it's a big meat country though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, there's certain, we have kind of things that you could kind of relate to America places like our Texas it's called Alberta. And it's <laughs> yeah, and it's a big oil province. Yeah, yeah, I learned beef. that from hockey. That's how I know. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two hockey teams, and yeah, like it's it's the big thing is I love Alberta beef is like a bumper sticker you would see everywhere hmm. in Calgary. Wait, isn't um, that like the, the stampede? Isn't that that whole thing? Yeah, That's Calgary stampede. Absolutely, it's all yeah. barbecue and just uh, eating every kind of meat possible <laughs> um, i found this one i'm not even sure what it is let's cook it <laughs> that was the thing it was a couple stores or a couple restaurants in calgary where i grew up uh that had a very extensive menu of different types of animal that you wouldn't think like they had like snake and crocodile and like kangaroo and mm. all these kind of and you could get a burger or you could get ribs kind of thing that, that was that blew my mind <laughs> When I was a teenager, <laughs> yeah. that could be like, look at these exotic meats that yeah. you'd never have thought of before. <laughs> what a strange yeah. storefront sign. Like, Jim's yeah. exotic meats. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so we got we to gotta go to break. Before we do that, the, the best fast food-ish vegetarian thing I've had in a long time is the vegetarian hot dog at Ikea. Oh, we really? do have that. Yeah, we, it, we just released uh, that, and we're doing a plant-based meatball now. It is really? so good. Like I, I, I have gone there a couple times just to get it. Like I, I've gone in the back door just to get those hot dogs. This is shocking to me because I work there, and you've never come in to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, most of the time I've known you, I haven't been able to leave my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you were on house arrest for a while and then yeah. COVID hit. It yeah. was honestly a rough break. Like, Time oh, I've terrible. been pirating these DVDs for 12 years. Okay, let's keep me yeah. at home. And <laughs> then COVID hits yeah. the day after he gets really. It's a shame. Really. It's it it a shame. Oh, that's like a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> where like person serves a 30 year life to life sentence and gets released and walks out and everybody's locked down <laughs> <laughs> and then my glasses <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> let me ask you guys something whatever happened to predictability there must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. 
I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, so I saw that on Instagram. Could you like it was? It seemed for a great cause, but did you grow the beard to do the painting, or was this just something that you were like, I need, I can do something with this? Yeah, during was, quarantine. It, it, it was. This was before. Like I started doing it like ten years ago. Oh, okay, cool. And it was just off of a like funny suggestion that one of my friends said, like you could do paintings with your beard the way that elephants do paintings, you know, <laughs> with their trunk and. Uh, so I tried it because I was I was just very recently unemployed. So I had gobs of time. And uh, so I started doing it. And it started out very abstract. And then it kind of changed into more figures. And now that I've done it so many times, I can, you know, I can paint something that looks like something. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, it looked very good if this was just something that was like, I am so bored in quarantine. Let's see if this can work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why it came back because I was yeah. like, I was just so bored. And like all the work I had had gone away. Mm. So I was just, I thought, okay, I'll do it just to kind of kill the days off. Cause you know, you get, as you guys both well know, like just filling up a week. Oh yeah. Uh, without a job and all that kind of stuff is like I, uh, really I was, tough. I was fortunate enough where the first, maybe after the fourth or fifth episode of this show, we had started quarantine and I had gone down south where my parents live in north carolina and just right. sort of got stuck there for months um and wow. it became like okay well i can do the podcast and that fills maybe two hours uh i still have the week to go how can i do this yeah and like it's just it kept mounting and it was like luckily i had gotten a dog so it was like nice to like work with the dog and kind of get acquainted with each other yeah yeah um, absolutely but yeah that that whole thing of just how like I'm very impressed with how other countries have handled because obviously America as a country has just sort of gone ah eh, we're done like we've decided <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we beat it um, but to look at other countries to have just like sat there like they're just like I'm in the house I'm not leaving the house and you yeah. saw those early images of those countries like Italy and China just like I'm in the house and yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Food hopefully will come eventually. I think, I don't know, it's very strange to think like how at least you've seen their numbers go down. Right. Still kind of hitting peaks here and there, but yeah. just the the actual lockdown and not the, we should really do this. All right, everyone go home, but we'll be back in two weeks kind of thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard Brandon. somewhere um, like one of the doctors at the World Health Organization Oh, no, we don't listen to them in America. Oh, Maybe for right. you guys. We have our own thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said if everybody across the board wore masks and social distance and stayed at home, they'd have this problem licked in two months. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah. No, but we yeah. made it a choice and political. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
It's fun. Uh, yeah, it's, but sometimes we put fun phrases on our masks. So, you know, there's a give and take. <laughs> what's, a, what's a good phrase that you've seen on a mask? Um, some of my favorite ones are uh, people have like the screen printed, like a picture of a zipper on the front. Nice. Like they're like, oh, I, I zip my mouth up. Huh? I can't I can't talk. But then they'll have it on their chin talking on their phone in public. The, like, the mask it, on the chin is the new like being like trying to shade your eyes while having a baseball hat on backwards. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's completely, yeah. what is it's completely other, not working. There's some that I find that are like great. Some of them which have a benefit are the ones with the, uh, like the plastic uh, clear see-through thing mm-hmm. in their mouth. It's for like teachers that uh, want to use like speech so they can see the mouth move and stuff. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it has a use, but when you first see it, you're not expecting it. And it is very, it just, it takes a back. <laughs> I, I haven't seen one of these. These are, this oh, yeah. is a plastic. It's, it's a, it's a mask covering. up until about the mouth area. And then it becomes a little plastic window. But it fogs I, up. I would love that for work. Yeah, like, I mean, for, your, for like what what you do, Dan, it would be a great thing. Yeah, that would However, be perfect. If, if you go into, let's say, a grocery store, change the mask because it's going to throw everybody off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, do, what do you do for a living there, Dan? Oh, I work with kids with special needs. And one of the major things, because a lot of the kids I work with are nonverbal. So we're working on like voice skills, how to voice syllables, how to voice like small words and kind of building that up. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is like kind of modeling the mouth shape of like, now do this and they can't see me and I can't see them if they're even like moving their mouth right. All I have to go on is like, are they making the actual noise? And that's usually not the first step. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, that I imagine that work is uh, incredibly rewarding kind of work. Yeah, yeah. Dan's the hero. I uh, I sell furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to sell furniture, George. Someone's got to. Do you want this uh, mom? I can sell yeah. you this mom. <laughs> it's on recall. It's killed some people, but you got to scale it to the wall. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sell you a strap for your mom. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it comes in the box now. It's fine. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> so, we so got George, into too much trouble. George, before you incriminate your whole company, what's what's something that, they know. that bewilders you? <laughs> um, I was thinking about this because I figured with bewilderment and everything going on that a lot of the topics were going to be heavy or personal. So I decided that uh, I've recently dove into the world of outsider music. Have you ever heard of this term, outsider music? So outsider music is music that is made outside of the norm, essentially. It's like the easiest way to break it down. And it's people like um, uh, like Captain Beefheart's uh, uh, Catfish Mask Replica. Um, But what, what, what was outside about that? album just for my own just the fact that like oh let's let's slap four different time signatures over each other and it's not jazz it's just like i want to do what i'm gonna do uh the main one that i wanted to bring to the table because it's something that bewildering in the sense of how did this happen (laughs) right is uh the album the shags philosophy of that's the what world. i was hoping you were gonna say oh, oh yeah we're going God. to the shakes yeah. <laughs> oh was man it? as soon as you said that album i was like please beat the shakes, please beat the shakes. <laughs> did, did you just listen to the the bizarre albums i did but i knew about the album before and because i think vox did a thing on it years ago and they actually have footage of them at an outdoor festival with 
guest musicians playing on it. And the guest musicians are like, I don't know how to explain this, but it's all right there. Like it's all transcribed on sheet music. It's all done on purpose. It's not just, you know, oh, they played badly and their dad forced them into the studio. It seems like he, he, in some sort of out there way, had it all down to a science. So like this, everything about them was like planned. According to this guy's, you know, he was just like a studio musician that played for the festival, but he showed the sheet music and was like, it's all there. Like every one note is there. That's not, is it like fake book kind of thing where like, they, I don't think so. They jammed like, out and then someone transcribed it. The more I look into this, the more I'm like, oh, fuck. I think, I think they allowed it to happen because someone saw what it was. Like, I don't think people were going to do it for a joke. I, part of my conspiracy brain is like, they wanted this to happen. Oh, I never thought they were doing it for a joke. No, like, I, think, I think, I think like the people recording them maybe was like, I guess we have to do this because the dad is here every day i always i always picture it from the dad's perspective of just kind of getting told by a fortune teller. for those who don't know on the show shags was a band of sisters that was uh their father was told by a fortune teller that he would have daughters in the greatest band most famous band in the world uh, and wow. then, and then forced his children, his three daughters, to form, like drop out of school and form this band. I believe in they Minnesota. Dropped out of school for it? Oh yeah, they he took them out of school uh, wow. to do it, and they all hated it. They wanted nothing to do with it. Right. As soon as he died, they were like, "Now we're done." Yeah, we don't have to do this <laughs> like, anymore. Like, like they were free from it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like, how soon into this crazy journey did he pass away? Let's look. I have a cell phone that has all the information we'd ever need. They they, they were they were known, and I, I think because I got the only song I I really knew before the episode of Bizarre Albums that just came out was the Halloween song. Yeah, right. Which yeah, is yeah. so weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a. Uh, I love the story. I love uh, the fact that the dad was, you know, like the Jackson Five's dad mm-hmm. or the Beach Boys' dad was like yeah. curating. Yeah, what, yeah, what was going on? Um, I had no idea. I had no idea that there was the father that was the lynch. Oh yeah, he 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 was the uh, he was the Joe Jackson of the Shags. And wow. as soon as he passed, which it says he he was passed, Joe Shag. He was Joe Shag. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as time went on, people kept on finding this music, like how the Cramps would find old sun records and fall in love with rockabilly and it became its own thing and then psychobilly became a genre kurt right. cobain listed the shags philosophy of the world as like his one of his top five albums of all time and he also was very fond of uh daniel johnson yeah he was like very much also so. very outside yeah same musician. sort of thing like i would say that daniel johnson while considered outside music a lot more accessible than the shacks. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, the, yeah, the words at least make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I remember, like, I had known about it, and then he did that episode. It's a podcast called Bizarre Albums, where I uh, breaks down just strange albums. But then you right. have like, uh, like I think maybe mine boils down to not just outsider music, but like music that you want to know. Like you, you immediately ask the question, like who allowed this? How did this happen? Yeah. Where you yeah, have exactly. like, I think we've talked about it on a very early episode and it was another 
uh, bizarre albums. We got to stop plugging a podcast that we're not on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's awfully but, kind of you. We'll just tag bizarre albums and everything and be like, yeah, we right. talk about you. <laughs> um, but no, so the, the famous story of uh, Van Morrison getting out of his record contract. Oh, the Bang record? Yeah, the Bang record. <laughs> like hidden what was that? studio session. So Van Morrison showed up to the studio because he through a strange means of paying off the mob, got off of one record label to go on to Warner brothers. Okay. But then the old record label said, you still owe us 23 songs. So right. he went into his studio and bashed away on a guitar, mumbling nonsense words for 23 songs and went, there's your record and walked away. Wow. And it's amazing to listen to. It's, it's intentionally unmarketable. And that to me makes me so happy for a guy who has written like classic pop songs to just be like, no, I'm giving you nothing. I'm giving you nothing. Wow. Didn't Neil Young also do that? Like there's an album that he put out to get out of a contract. I, I it's a common out. thing in in the music world where it's like okay i have a seven record deal this is my sixth record i like i'm getting calls from other labels that are going to pay me way more let's trash this one but his the crazy thing about his album i can't remember what the basis of it was either it was like rockabilly or something something that's very different mm-hmm. than what was it his like 80s like electro one Yes. Yes. It was that one. I I might be misremembering the picture, but in my head, I see a picture of him playing a guitar. Yeah, that's probably exactly right. And you know what the thing is, is that album is good. Like it's not, he didn't like try to make a bad album. He just made an album that no fan of his would want to listen to. Mm. But it's like, it's it's a good album. It's (laughs) such a Neil Young thing to do also. I'm just like, You've come with me for 30 years now. I don't care. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you find that so often, like on a smaller scale, you have a band like a uh, pop punk band called Four Year Strong that was on a certain record label. They needed to fulfill, I think, like one more record. So they were like, cool, 90s cover album. We can still make money off of it and we don't care. And it's going to cost the record label more money to get the rights for these <laughs> to get songs. The rights. Yeah, um, so like it's a it's definitely a thing that people do. There was a rumor going around that like Green Day's last album was to get them off their major record label. It's their just last why, like, album was crazy. It didn't sound yeah. anything like Green Day. Yeah, it was like they had like cool little like lounge vibes to it, but like fast paced yeah. punk and stuff. There was a sample from Gary Glitter, which is maybe not the best thing to do in the times yeah. that we're having. <laughs> you tell that to the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times after that fucking movie came out and I was hosting like, I don't know if this breakdown breaks down in Canada where, where you came up through comedy, but there's like the one open mic where it's, Oh, you can have your thing, but it's a safe space. Like if you call someone out or like say something that might be a little problematic, we say like, Oh, do we shut that shit down? And then there's right. one where it's like a free for all, say whatever the hell you want. I somehow got suckered into doing the free for all one. And the amount of people that were like, all right, entrance music. I I just want the Joker sound. I want the Joker, like uh, walking down the stairs music. That's what I want. I was like, yeah, it's called rock and roll number two. God damn it. (laughs) And oh man, like that's, that is the spectrum of open mics. There's very much ones that are policing everything you say. And then the other ones that it's like, well, they could use a little policing over here. Yeah, <laughs> like someone should be over here and be like, yeah. okay. we, we don't have to let everybody in. I yeah, didn't even I mean, know you could be racist against them. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys find, like, in the Philly scene, there are a lot of 
young guys at the open mics that are like purposefully going out of their way to be edgy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there was there were times uh, where like I would be getting a beer with those comics afterwards, and them knowing that like of all the edge lords, I was the butter knife of the edge lords because my job on stage is to be silly fun time, and I understand yeah. that. Like I'm I, I'm a goof boy. <laughs> I think you should call your first album if you haven't put out one already, Goof Boy. I, I will. Goof Boy is great. I'll put that title down. of an album, <laughs> Goof Boy. <Yeah. laughs> I got to work it in there somehow. So halfway through like track eight, they're like, oh, he said it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> okay, we feel good. Yeah. I, I want to do a super cut of every time they do that in a movie. Just like, oh my God, that's the name of the movie. I think Here's they do question. it at the very end of Law Abiding Citizen, which is a terrible movie, but you have to wait shot, until the very shot end. Shot in Philly though. Oh, see, that's <laughs> nice. Fun. Now I get to watch that movie again and go, oh yeah. That How do you feel about <laughs> albums where the title ha- doesn't ever show up? in the tracks or in a song at all as a former musician that did that every single time i'm a big fan i don't mm-hmm. want you to find I, it <laughs> <right>. if, <laughs> if the album title is really cool i get bummed out that it's not a lyric right but mm-hmm. yeah other than that it really doesn't doesn't hit me better mine always broke down mine always broke down because i had like my first the one ep that i'm like i didn't record this in a closet somewhere i'm proud of this one yeah. uh that one was supposed to be a project that I had started five years beforehand and had like, oh man, it's going to be like three separate parts, all like very proggy where I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, it's going to be like, you're going to collect them all and then we'll press them all on vinyl. So this way, like it's a collector's thing. So it adds to collectability. Like I was breaking it down so much. And then I realized that like the whole behind the scenes of it was so exhausting that I had right. prepped everyone saying like, oh, it's going to be all this it's going to be all this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when that EP finally came out, I was like, it's called Hopefully, Baby, Probably Not, just because oh, it's like an in-joke of just like, yeah, no, everything I said before is a lie. And then there was one before I had that also mimicked that same thing where it was called Forget I Said Anything. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Those are those are both very good. <laughs> well, you yeah. got to do, we talked about it, I think last episode where I was saying like, you kind of have to sit down in a room to get rid of all the funny ones. Oh, And every once in a while, the funny ones become profound. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a touring uh, musician in Canada called Dan Mangan mm -hmm. and his latest tour and album, I think is called nice, nice, very nice. uh, (laughs) I I just think that's a great title. That is a great title. It's always (laughs) nice when they come out and then like every once in a while you find one that's just bad. Like philosophy yes. of the world. <laughs> I, I don't know why it didn't hit me right away, but I, I have a record label and I've helped name two albums and going through the process of like, no, you don't want to name it that. And I, I don't want to throw either of them under the bus. I think they, they both landed on good names. Watch okay, but this. what did Che want to name his album? <laughs> uh, che, had a, che had a whole series of, of album names. <laughs> and I, I think he landed on a temporary summit, which is an example of something that does not show up on the album at all but you have a record label that's amazing yeah wasted robot is dan's uh record label and then we uh i didn't i just i'm I'm here i'm an employee Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it became a podcast network because all these podcasts were coming up during quarantine yeah we we me and the one of the other guys we had a bunch of podcasts and now i think we're both down to one but we we had a bunch and we were like, why don't we just put these all together in a place? And then we brought in a couple other people and did that whole thing. But we started nice. as a record label and we, we put out two so far 
And the, the first one ended up on, as Watch This, which is a joke from the guy's special. And it has a callback to that joke. And both times Watch This is such a big punch. And then he wanted to name it something else. And I was like, why? Like it's 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 right obvious it's obviously right there. Like why, <laughs> yeah. why are you thinking more about this? Yeah. Like I, I don't want to say the other names. I remember what they were, but it, it's it's not. You got to get the goofy to, ones out of there. Yeah, it's not fair yeah. to bring them up. But I'm so happy we landed where we landed. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I've never been to Philadelphia. Uh, we don't blame you. <laughs> no, I want to go. I want to go someday. <laughs> but what is the what is the comedy scene? like in philly is it good or is it young or is it you know so, do people leave all the time or how does it work people leave all the time i feel like philly from me starting in one place because i started doing stand-up in north carolina for less than a year i think it was like six months and it was just in a small town where there was like 20 people in the comedy scene and they were like we don't need any more people like we have enough people don't right. come in here and try to work on stuff uh, it was, it felt that vibe. And then I moved to right. Philadelphia and it's this giant scene and it seems a lot like an incubator where maybe a couple years ago, if you weren't ready for New York, you'd go to Philadelphia, earn oh, okay. your knocks and then go to New York. Right. Yeah. yeah Philly will, yeah. will treat you kind of the same way, but on like a smaller scale. So yeah. you, you, you get the feel for what you're going to experience if you go to a bigger scene. Right, it's, it's more insulated, and you you kind of get to. I mean, it it's definitely clicky in the same way. I'm sure every scene is, but sure. everybody still knows everybody. And like, uh, is it often like like what uh, George was saying? People will come up and then go to New York. Oh yeah, is that kind of yeah. that's the kind yeah, of traditional I've, I've seen path? Tons of great comedians leave either far before or far after they're like prime time. It's like, you need to go to New York. You need to start doing New York shows. And then they either stay in Philadelphia and it just sort of cruises down or right. they leave really quickly before and they move into Brooklyn. They're spending all this money on rent so they can go live their dream as a comic. And it's just too early. Right. I don't mean to keep asking questions about the Philly comedy. Scene. No, it's just great. <laughs> um, but uh, are you guys, are you lifetime Philly guys, are you going to move to some other city at some point, or do you not even know? It, it's very hard to say. My, my girlfriend is much more successful in this world than I am. Don't let okay. her know that. Her her star <laughs> is rising much faster than mine, and I'm willing to just go where that takes us. Really, that's very. I think that's very mature. Because like m most of most of what I do, I do like cartoons i do podcasts i do all of this other stuff that i can do from anywhere and like that's that's right. more my focus and if she wants to go somewhere bigger to do what she wants to do like that's more how i'll end up somewhere else than yeah you're taking the ride yeah yeah that's cool that's and i think like that is probably a very rare quantity in any showbiz endeavor that somebody's <laughs> like i'm fine with this person that i am with yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is doing so much better that's <laughs> that's yeah it's a great attitude to have man. yeah i'm in a similar I, boat as well where like my girlfriend's a musician and she's just recorded an ep and it's coming out and it's getting a lot of people very invested and interested in stuff she's incredibly talented and if i get to be oh you know that's casey felzone's boyfriend doing open mic comedy i'm like hell yeah it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I am more than happy to prop up people because like she's like clearly better than me. 
Like, I disagree. Your ABBA joke is fire. <laughs> my, my, my ABBA joke is the one that makes me the happiest. Your Doesn't ABBA seem to joke, be the same for the crowd. Your traffic <laughs> joke, great. Uh, when you shake in fear, when we used to do that one open mic that was on a boat and you're terrified of boats, love that. What? Bit. On a boat? Yeah, the open mic be, on a boat? There used to be an open mic called Boat Mike, and it was the trashiest but most fun thing in Philadelphia. You would go onto this pier, and there was just someone's like, river boat thing that they're like people would rent for business galas and stuff right yeah, uh, yeah. there's a, a river between philly and jersey that you can rent out party boats tons of them there are multiple party boats that go up yeah. and down the river wow. which there's it's scenic on one side on the other side it's very horrifying to look at yeah. but <laughs> you can have a boat in the middle if you want it yeah like you would go on this boat, there were comedians setting up the stage and everything. Like a lot of times open mics, you just show up and it's like, oh, okay, it's my friends and maybe that one guy that didn't leave from the event beforehand. But yeah, now people, I, I ask you this question because uh-huh. we were talking about open mics before. Were there people on the boat that didn't know an open mic was going to happen? At least once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> it was generally like it was. it would be docked. And normally it's a it's a party boat in a spot where like, oh, yeah, on a Friday or Saturday, you can hop up, buy a ticket, take the party right. boat out. But it was like a Monday or a Tuesday. So it would just be like, why did anybody think to come here today? But there would always be those people. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, wow, that's but the crazy. best part about for me as like someone that moved from one city to another, really didn't know anyone was just like, OK, I can do comedy so I can at least meet people that way was Boat right. Mike gave you food for comics. Oh, free yeah. food for comics. Yeah. Uh, and they would just like make a bunch of like the bag of chicken tenders and they had like fries out. Right. I remember one time doing a show where the fruit platter backstage was all fruit that you couldn't, it was impossible to get into. Like there was a pineapple and a pomegranate, <laughs> but they hadn't been sliced. They were just oh sitting on the table. And, that uh, is a brilliant cheap move. That is... <laughs> Keep the same fruit going that for weeks awesome. at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Damn. Oh, sure. Do, does <laughs> fruit that you can't open bewilder you? <laughs> you know, honestly, yes, but I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. Your, your, your thing for today wasn't pomegranates. The most, like, the fruit I get the most angry at. <laughs> <laughs> I, my only pomegranate reference is the beginning of the Bright Eyes album, or maybe it's one of the middle tracks, but they just have, it's a People's Key where they just have this dude with a deep voice just talk sometimes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he is like, this is a pomegranate. One day, someone just looked at it and said, this is a pomegranate. And everyone's just like, this is a pomegranate. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Which is... It's a profound <laughs> thought prevented ter- presented terrible. <laughs> yeah, like uh, there was um, a now deceased but very funny comedian in Canada named Erwin Barker, and he had a great bit about you know a, a dried grape is called a raisin, and a dried plum is called a prune, but a dried apricot is just called dried apricot <laughs> because some guy was like, I'm not kind of coming up with a new name every yeah. time you do something out in the sun. <laughs> It was bewildering. Anyway, Dan. (laughs) So I actually, I have two, two examples for, for context. When Disney plus started, my girlfriend was like, if they have the little mermaid cartoon, I need to watch it. Cause this one episode has like haunted me forever. (laughs) And I, I, I need to know that either I was right and it was really scary or 
that I'm missing some detail of this episode. So we went to find it. It's the Little Mermaid cartoon. It is hard to find. This it is such not... a specific thing. <laughs> oh, yes, this is extremely... We had yeah. vegetarianism, outsider music, and then you're like, okay, there's this one episode, scene two. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it might be a thing where you go, I have a similar okay. experience. But so this whole episode is the the first story you see there's there's two main stories happening in the episode the the a story is the red tide is coming and the red tide kills all marine life and uh whatever ariel's dad i'm drawing a blank King on his name trident yeah i was yep, gonna say poseidon it. but i was like no nope. no nope, not quite <laughs> he learns about it doesn't want to tell anybody and then somehow that leads to Sebastian losing his job, getting a whole bunch of terrible jobs along the way. And that's where you spend most of the Weird. episode. I didn't ever think of Sebastian as having to have a job. Well, his his job is apparently the guy who talks to the kid. Oh, he's like a lackey. Yeah. He's, Are we sure? And it's apparently the only job he's good for. Yeah, he's the king's he's advisor. A <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah. crab, but he was like always warning. I've only ever seen the movie. And a long time ago. There's always he was that character. Not yeah, yeah, it's like there's Sebastian, there. there's Zazu. Like, there's always a character in Disney movies where it's just oh, yeah. like, yeah, Sebast Sebastian. So wait, who Zazu. dies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> so you spend this entire episode, you, you know, the red tide is coming, and then that's it. You hear about it. And then you spend this entire episode watching Sebastian just lose his jobs over and over because he's bad at jobs. And then the red tide comes, and everybody is panicking they're running you're watching it just swirl up around all these creatures that you don't know you're never introduced to them they don't feel so bad <laughs> they're just dying left and right and then sebastian just goes please stop and then it's like all these little bugs and they're just like oh wow no one ever asked us that before and then they just go away oh wow the, the whole thing you're watching this like harrowing sequence like triton is trapped under a rock and he's definitely gonna die and sebastian shows up just in time and he's like oh my god this is terrible please don't go not thinking he's talking to anything in particular just like basically yeah. praying to god i was like right. don't do this and then they're just like oh i thought everyone was running because we smell bad bye what that the fuck it. And that was the whole thing. Yeah. So they painted themselves into a corner, the writers. <laughs> painted themselves into a corner. And we were like, we don't know how to get out. We made all these yeah. crazy decisions. Yeah, the end is literally just, please stop. And they're there's like, a, yeah, there's a Latin we term did. for that. Is it, what is that called? There's a movie. Deus Ex yeah. Deus Ex That's all it is, but done right. for children. <laughs> yeah. And like the, there, there's even like a song break in it. Like Ariel sings a song to Sebastian to make him feel better about losing his job. And like all of that seems very normal for a kid's show. But the whole time there's this looming red tide that is coming to murder everyone. And the king is keeping it a secret. The best thing about losing a job would have would be uh, who sang the song? Was it Sebastian? Or no, Little Mermaid sang a song to Sebastian? Yeah, Little, Little Mermaid sang it to Sebastian to make him feel better. I uh, That would be so great if when you <laughs> lost your job, a mermaid sang a song to you. <laughs> yeah. The, so actually, great. that did happen uh, for a while for a lot of America, but they ran out of mermaids because so many people are out of work. Uh, uh, yes. They, uh, honestly, Big <laughs> Mermaid as a, as, a, as a whole thing is taken off, you know? As a, it's an Amazon yeah, and I mean, then Mermaid Incorporated 
they're the ones doing really well. And is it one mermaid per person that lost their job, or is it? And it's that's, mostly that's like problem. yeah, because like they're they're not willing to do it to more than one oh, person. Oh, I see. Like okay. They, their their whole lifespan is they're just like, oh, you're you're my person. If you mm-hmm. lose your job, I'm singing to you. Also, if you're in like Alberta or Colorado, like someplace that's landlocked, you're not going to be able to get a mermaid. It might be tough. That's right. Or if you do, it's going to be pretty. Yeah, it's a, it's ragged, not a great mermaid. Know, like they've been living, they've been living in somebody's pool. <laughs> and these like swimming upstream in the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. just like hey, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just yeah. spitting out old like beer cans and fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a song, <laughs> It just sings a fast food jingle. I was like, Why don't you work that? You'll be loving it. <laughs> you guys, you guys. I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, you guys know yeah. the show Elf. Yes. So Elf. Uh, seemingly bewildering was I watched it a lot as a kid. I loved it. I thought it was the best thing in the world. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, like, and that's the thing too. As a kid, you didn't understand how crazy it was that this show existed. You know what I mean? Like, even as an adult, no, like, basically knowing my whole life that Alf existed, it seems crazier to me that shows like that don't exist. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, if they did it back then, they should be perfecting it now. There should be more puppet <laughs> and human hybrid shows. And in that show, the last episode, they they did this kind of cliffhanger episode where Alf is being pursued by the alien task force, and uh, Willie's trying to get him away. So it's a big suspenseful. Uh, you know, cliffhanger ending, and then uh, then the show was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do love when that happens when they're just like, oh, what's gonna happen? Now, that's probably better than than uh, dinosaurs where they got their finale. <gasps> oh and my god! It's just an absolute like literal <laughs> apocalypse. And you're like, oh, what a fun way to end a comedy. That was so crazy. Was that the craziest? That's the craziest ending except maybe like the new heart you guys know the new heart ending yeah dan dan is a huge bob new heart fan so you know that they like new heart and then they what was the show there was the bob new heart yeah the yeah. bob new heart show was the first one new heart was the second one where he was in an inn and right. they they presented it as if the whole second series was just a dream of the bob new heart character from the first series yeah which is like excellent at the time but insane the more you think about it, the more that it was just like all these seasons, all these storylines happened inside a guy's head. It was just asleep one night. <laughs> I remember reading. I, I read I read Bob Newhart's uh, memoir. And oh, yeah. he, he was talking about filming that episode. And they basically kept it a secret from everybody. So like really? the, the cast didn't know only the director and like the cameraman who had to like set up the shot on like the Bob Newhart show bed and like all that. So like they, they knew Bob Newhart knew Suzanne Plachette knew and nobody from like Newhart had any idea. So that's phenomenal. A lot of the people who were on Newhart, they got the script where like it ends with him getting hit in the head with a golf ball and presumably dying. (laughs) Right. That's how I want more shows to end, by the way, (laughs) death by dumb thing. That is my favorite. Yeah. And like, I, I think it was George Burns. The original ending of Newhart, the script, like the scripted ending, was him getting hit in the head and going to meet God, who was George Burns, and that was the end of the show. <laughs> really? Like, in, instead of coming back from like his little blackout, getting hit in the head and being dead, 
they had him waking up from the dream and a lot of the people on the cast were like the fuck our whole show didn't count (laughs) yeah yeah well didn't they spoof that as like a bit It, it didn't air but maybe it was like a bonus feature with breaking bad where yeah. Oh, maybe with uh, Jing Chris. Yeah. Chris Mon, uh, so basically, yeah. it's the Brian Cranston's character like lays down or gets shot, and then he wakes up in bed next to the wife from Malcolm in the Middle, and it turns out That's that hilarious. it's just like he's just been dreaming. He was like, "Oh, the you and the boys weren't there, and I had to. I, I was one of the new family, and I had to make meth to survive." <laughs> and she's like, "That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's Go to bed." <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that was like a talk show bit. Like, I think that's what that was. The um, You guys have heard of the thing that happened on a show called Saint Elsewhere? I, I'm is aware of Saint Elsewhere, but I don't know the globe? thing. Is that the Snow Globe? That's the Snow that's Globe, the snow globe oh, yeah, show? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the craziest one, that it's all taking place in the mind of an autistic yeah. child. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> that's really, you have just run out of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. As the show, you're like, how do we, how do we wrap this all up? <laughs> and the, and the, the fun thing with that bit, because they did that, and I think it fits in the, the Munchiverse, you know, the Munchiverse where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Detective Munch shows up on all these different shows and then yeah. <laughs> shows that, he, shows that he shows up on or referenced on other things. So, like, there's a whole tree of like what fits into the Munchiverse where, right. And I, I think St. Elsewhere is the one that connects the most dots. Yes. Yeah. And it's, uh, but it's weird. It's weird when a show, because you would think when you were creating a show that you would know what happens at the start and what happens at the end. And then whatever happens in the middle happens as, as you get seasons added to the show. Yeah. But you would think that you would have a clear, this is how it starts. This is how it ends. But they don't, they don't seem to ever do, like no. have an idea of how no. it ends. They're just nope. like, ah, Goes to black. Goes to black. That's all. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly the Sopranos ending. Yeah, yeah. So, there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just go to black. I had a theory a while back, especially with shows like Elf and and Saint Elsewhere, and all these shows, kind of seventies and eighties. Was Saint Elsewhere eighties? Did that bump into the nineties? Yeah, it was eighties. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I believe my theory is that um, the writers ran out of a th- like they just couldn't figure out a good way to end it. And they're what I like to call cocaine ideas, where they are just yeah. like, they did so much cocaine, they were like, it's an autistic boy. And then yeah. someone writes it down and they figure out what that means on a scrap of paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. make that make sense. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love it. I love that that's a thing. Like, the I haven't seen the season or the series finale of like, there was another one in the 80s called Small Wonder. Do you guys know about that? Oh, yeah, one? that was like the little girl I, I was a robot. It, but yeah. Robot alien? Yeah, yeah she's a little girl that was a yeah. robot. Number does that and the number five is alive? No, that's uh that's short circuit. Short Johnny circuit. Five. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh which is also insane. That's the thing that the 80s doesn't get credit for, but like you say, like just the coke-fueled yeah insane movies that were popping up all over the place and like family movies <laughs> like movies that were supposed to be for kids and this like bizarre yeah. that have you ever seen short circuit it's i have not no. i, I am i am a, i am younger than y'all so i i came in more of the 90s where like the cocaine idea was still slimming down but we still got like double dragon we're like that whole movie's yeah. insane right. <laughs> i think you, it's worth watching. I think the first one, the sequel maybe is is as good, but it's it's worth watching. First of all, to know that the movie Chappie 
just rip them off their stuff. <laughs> oh, really? And yeah, but they yeah, got Diane Ward for that yeah, one. They, got so. yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> they weren't around at the time. That's a short circuit loss. All, all this time, I thought they were immortal, but I guess not. I just want like, <laughs> yeah, I want I, yeah. a girl with bad bangs and a guy with messed up teeth as children in the background of short circuit. So they'd be like, yes, actually, it's they all, all just been together. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the short circuit evolved into Chad. Um, man, oh man, it's like if you watch it, just keep in mind that this was a movie that came out in the theaters, did very, very well at the box office. <laughs> and you'll just, you will it's such a head scratcher. I mean, I loved it when I first saw it, but uh, yeah, I think it's worth seeing just to see how bizarre it is. I would love do, that. Do I have it right in my head that that's one that got in trouble for a, a blackface thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most definitely. But that's the, that's yeah. the one with uh, Fisher Stevens? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, being a, a, an Oscar Indian winner, man. Fisher Stevens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, man, it is rough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's one of those things like the fact that it exists is such a time capsule of the, the year it came out and what, like, at, like you say, what attitudes were towards somebody, uh, you know, coloring their face and doing another yeah. nationality. And everybody's like, that's just, that's just how we make movies now. That's fine. That's like, Soul Man was happening at the same time. Oh, <laughs> yes. Same era as Soul Man. A dark period in our collective history. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. U.S. I, <laughs> I knew this was going to turn into that. It's always, that's how we end every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we do have to, to, to wrap up here. Oh. But before, before, we, before we do that, I want to say my other bewilderment thing which isn't going to spark as much conversation, I hope, because we do have to wrap up. But I just learned that when they were making Purple Rain, instead of Prince, the studio wanted it to be John Travolta. I love I that. beg your pardon. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, and what? <laughs> so the studio had an idea for a movie about a star in, where is he, Milwaukee, Minneapolis? Minneapolis. Um, yeah. And and they had written this all out as just like, well, we'll see who we can get. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it was it was Prince's album was turned into a movie and the studio didn't want to let Prince star in Purple Rain. <laughs> that you know what? Like, I think it's hilarious, but I also can very much see a studio yeah. being like this is a bad idea. This yeah. this guy who is not an actor yeah. to do a whole movie. And. I love the movie, but Me not too. because he's a good actor. <laughs> no, but it's like he's perfect in it. Yeah. It would oh, be absolutely. insane if uh, fucking John Travolta, that's insane. That's insane. The John Travolta thing is another case of we don't know what to do. Let's do cocaine about it. Like that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen we'll John Travolta sing before. This. He can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Grease. <laughs> well, Dan, how do you feel? How's everyone feel? Cram, feel good? Yeah. I feel I feel good, man. I'm glad I got to spread the word about Short Circuit. <laughs> yeah. It'll if definitely be on the image here. that we yeah. put on our Instagram. Yes, we'll send yes, you a couple yeah. of them. Because we try to like <laughs> grab, grab things for each, uh, like five or six different Instagram things, just to kind of keep them looking different. And it's just going to be yeah, the yeah, poster yeah. for Short Circuit. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about Feel Feelings with Danny and George. You can follow us over at Feel Feelings Pod and even leave us an audio message at anchor.fm backslash feelfeelings. 
As always, if you ever feel some heavy emotions and feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, don't hesitate to reach out to us or call the numbers we have in the show notes. Thanks for listening.